We are seeing a phenomenon uh, that I have uh, never seen. There's nothing normal about what you're seeing when it comes to this stock right now. The system is broken right now for certain stocks, for the heavily, heavily shorted stocks. Hey everyone, welcome to the Inspire to Fire podcast. My name is Chris and I'm your host. And today I wanted to make an episode because of what is going on in the market and on Wall Street. So it's been pretty crazy. I don't know how many of you guys have heard of the GameStop uh, bubble or explosion, whatever you want to call it. And there's also been a lot of other things going on in terms of a battle between Wall Street and retail investors, aka smart versus dumb money. And then lastly, there's Robinhood, where there's some controversy with them. This isn't the first time that they've been in some controversy. So I wanted to go over a little bit of these things and just give you my opinion and how this relates to you, you know, and, and what's going on and basically what we could do or should do and what I'm doing in this in this scenario. So uh, first off, I wanted to thank you for joining. Again, this is a bonus episode, so I thought that this would be something to change it up. And if you do like it, um, leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. I'd really appreciate it. Let me know if you do like these type of episodes versus the guests, just to change of pace a little bit. So again, subscribe and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. So let's go into what is going on with GameStop, right? So GameStop this week, had an explosion basically it went from a six to ten dollar stock to over a hundred to two hundred to three hundred in just a matter of days and as of right now today is january 29th uh, it was in the 300 range area so how did that happen Uh, did anything change with gamestop no the business is fundamentally the same uh, what happened was that there's something called a short squeeze. So a short squeeze, I'll go ahead and explain. But first, I'll go ahead and explain what a short is. I think that's the, best, the better place to start. So basically, hedge funds were shorting GameStop, which means that they were borrowing the stock and selling it in anticipation uh, to buy it back later for cheaper and then give it back. So... Uh, let me explain. Let me give an example. So let's say you have a $10 stock of GameStop, $10 price stock, and I go ahead and borrow it from you. And I go ahead and sell it to someone else for $10 as well. So I make money if that stock goes down. So that's what I want to happen. And that's what everybody was thinking was going to happen with GameStop, basically because their revenue is going down. Uh, There's a transition to digital. So again, I borrow the stock from you at $10 and I sell it for $10. And when it drops to $5, I buy it back and return the share to you. I just made $5 and gave you back your stock. You were either unaware or really didn't mind that I borrowed it. So that's what shorting is. Um, But shorting has an unlimited potential of losses because... The amount that you can gain on a $10 sell is $10 if it goes down to zero. I think there's more complicated things to the matter, but basically the stock can only go down to zero. 
but it can go up an unlimited amount. So potentially you can lose a lot more from shorting a stock and it's very, very risky. So what happened was that every single person and their mother was basically shorting or, sh or were shorting this GameStop, uh, GameStop stock. And that created a perfect scenario for something called a short squeeze. And that is when someone or a group of people, and here is where uh, the next, you'll see the next group of people come in um, on Reddit. But basically a group of people come in, buy the stock and drive up the demand. And this creates what's called uh, a short squeeze. So if I borrowed the stock at $10, and I want it to drop to five, and I see that it starts going up to 12, 15, $20, $30, $40, then I start to get worried and I say, well, I need to buy it, buy it back so that I can give it back at $10 because I'm losing money. So that is basically what happened. That's what the short squeeze created. It was this vicious cycle that drove the price higher and higher and higher for everyone. And there were people buying it to drive the price higher. And there were people trying to exit their short position because they didn't want to lose any more money as they saw this stock just explode um, by thousands of percentage. So in the end, a huge amount of short positions were held by the hedge funds and they lost a ton of money. There was a hedge fund called or there is a, a hedge fund called Melvin Capital that lost, I believe, $1.6 from the last I heard. And these are AKA smart money investors um, that were taking extreme gambles and, and high risks in this area. So, so who did this? Who caused it? Well, it was a bunch of AKA dumb investors, retail investors, on a group on Reddit called Wall Street Bets. So they decided that they, well, they realized that this company had a whole bunch of short positions and that if they were be if they would collectively be able to drive up the price of this stock it would create this feedback loop positive feedback loop where the people in the short positions because they got greedy would have to exit immediately so they're very smart whoever came up with this idea very very intelligent and I do believe that there was someone who invested $50,000 and they ended up turning that $50,000 into 22 million I believe or 34 million it changed as the price changed but it was a lot of money so kudos to that guy and uh, you know I am happy for everybody who has made money on this on this uh, trade and, um, you know, kudos to you. I, I really am happy for you. But it is a gamble. It was a huge gamble. And uh, that person could have lost a lot of money. So anyways, uh, there's been a lot of talk. GameStop stock is exploding and it's going to the moon. And many people then decided to apply that same strategy on Wall Street Bets to other companies. For example, AMC, Nokia, BlackBerry, all of these other companies that were considered dead or, or trending downward, they had a huge short position on them as well. So they just basically did the same thing and those stocks exploded. 
Yeah, so that is where we are today. And I just want to make it clear this is not investing. This is speculating. Um, but they are doing it with the righteous cause as well. So there was a back and forth discussion whether this is fundamentals or momentum. This is clearly not fundamental. This has nothing to do with the actual revenues and earnings of the company. This has all to do with just basically a position or a manipulation or an opportunity to speculate and push people out of certain positions and drive the price higher. And in essence, it's a it's a transfer of wealth from, like I said, that $1.6 billion loss that the hedge funds had, more or one hedge fund, Melvin Capital had, that wealth transfers to people in the Reddit group. So it essentially transferred from the rich to the poor. And, uh, and that's what that righteous cause was. A lot of people wanted to just buy to stick it to the man. And, you know, I applaud that righteous cause. I, I love it. That's what actually gets me up and, and doing podcasts like these and, you know, really writing and trying to improve financial situations for everyone because, you know, I always feel like we're up against uh, titans in the financial industry. So, anyways, hedge funds like Melvin Capital lost $1.6 billion and uh, CN CNBC analysts were making the case that this needs to be shut down because, yes, Melvin Capital got greedy, they misunderstood the risk that they were taking, but retail investors don't realize what they're doing and they need to be protected. This was basically the back and forth and there were some really good interviews uh, that I will link down in the show notes below that I think you guys should check out because basically what they were saying is that retail investors need to be protected and they don't know what they're doing. They just hear AMC or, or GameStop is going higher and they want to get in on the action. Um, but in this case, I don't believe that's necessarily true. I feel like a lot of people knew exactly what they were doing and especially in the beginning, they went in with a plan and that plan worked. So they did gamble, but it paid off for them. And it's no different than what hedge funds do all the time. And Melvin Capital took a huge gamble and they lost. So if retail investors take a huge gamble, we're told investing is inherently risky. And, uh, you know, you should have read the fine print. But if hedge funds take huge gambles and lose, then the conversation becomes about how can we stop this? How can we bail them out? So that was a pretty huge debate on CNBC. And uh, there were some analysts who were defending the retail investor. But basically, they think that retail investors are dumb money. They need to be protected. So that's where the big guys versus the little guys debate came in. And Wall Street versus Wall Street bets. And actually, the little guys are winning. They caused Melvin Capital to lose $1.6 billion and transfer that wealth to the group. That's pretty unbelievable. You should have seen the stories on Reddit about the money that they made that were they were able to use for life-saving surgeries or paying down uh, debt or, or just amazing stories that people uh, use the money for. So that, that part is amazing. Um, 
And uh, who knows? I mean, like I said, this is gambling, and I, I'm not going to sit here and recommend it. But it turned out to be uh, good for, for some people, some who got in. And unfortunately, like Wall Street wants to do is protect the retail investor, there will be some people that get in too late or misunderstand what's going on, and they will lose. They will be caught holding the bag in the end of the day because this is a bubble. And as high as it's gone, as fast as it's gone to the moon, it's going to crash back down. I don't know when, I don't know how, but this is not based on any fundamentals at all. Nothing has changed with GameStop. I'm not saying that it's going to go back down to zero or five dollars. I don't know, but it cannot, in my mind, continue at three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars and higher. There's no way. So that's my opinion. Um, this is not investing advice and you should definitely just, you know, do your own research and uh, take your own advice when it comes to that. So that's my disclaimer there. I'm just a person on a podcast. But anyway, so getting back to the narrative, I think what's interesting is now how Robinhood decided to step in and a few other brokerages, but Robinhood definitely mismanaged there the way they handled it. They, they handled it all wrong. So how, what do I mean by this? Basically, Robinhood came in as for the people, trying to empower and democratize investing. And they did that initially. I think that that's their mission is to you know, cut costs and you can buy and sell commission-free. And Robinhood's story is literally taking from the rich to give to the poor. So now that, that, is actually, that it's actually happening in real life, they shut the trading down for GameStop and a few other stocks, like maybe AMC, I'm not sure of all of them, but definitely GameStop. They completely shut it down for a day. And then I believe the next day they came on and had limited orders available. So why did they do this? Why did they restrict access to the market to you? We don't really know, but I know that there is a lawsuit pending and we just have to imagine that there was some bigger forces maybe regulatory agencies that were pressuring them or some sort of hedge fund that were pressuring them and like i said i'm not an expert in this realm but i do find it very hypocritical that they paused or stopped trading at a time where retail investors were really making money and taking advantage of wall street and uh, this was an opportunity that the Reddit group uh, pounced on and Wall Street was not ready for it. And by basically, by, by Robin Hood shutting it down, they basically protected Wall Street, helped them get out of certain positions, take a break, see exactly what's happening and uh, figure things out basically and uh, without any more buying to push up the price even higher. So I believe that day the price dipped about 50 to 60 percent on GameStop and of course that makes a huge difference on uh, if you're exiting short positions at that time so anyways again I don't know exactly the the forces behind it but it's just too many things so one I will want to I do want to mention the reason why Robin Hood is in the doghouse right now for me is not because of this one incident even though this one incident 
in my mind, sucks. You should not restrict access to the retail investor. Uh, if that's what your mission statement is, is to give them access to it. Again, it is more complicated and I'm sure there'll be a lawsuit over Robin Hood's handling, but there's been multiple instances. There's been about three strikes in my mind that Robin Hood has had and they're constantly getting scrutinized. And this is just something that you don't hear from other reputable brokerages like Vanguard, for example, or Fidelity or Schwab. You know, these companies, I'm not saying they're perfect, but they're not constantly in the news for doing something that they shouldn't have. So first one was Robinhood announced that they wanted to have a checking or savings account a few years back, and they were going to pay about 3% interest on that money. And uh, that was an amazing opportunity. I signed up for it, and I said, you know, 3%, that's better than what I'm getting in other accounts. I might as well. And then I read the fine print, and it wasn't FDIC insured. However, Robinhood did not specify that. Robinhood didn't really make that clear. They were almost trying to pull a fast one on people. And guess what? A lot of people caught on, and as the noise built and built and built, the pressure forced Robinhood to postpone that checking slash savings account for about two years. And then recently, 2020, they actually did it with FDIC insured. But FDIC insured would have backed that money up with the full faith of the U.S. government up to $250,000. And, you know, that's important. I think that's very important for somebody to know. If you put $50,000 in a checking or savings account, you want to know that that money is not in any way under risk. But the reason why they were able to offer a 3% on that money is because really what they were doing is putting it in a money market account and investing it and uh, there's really less protection in that sense so that was uh, strike number one Uh, strike number two was when the app crashed uh, during the 2020 pandemic in March of uh, 2020 so the market is going crazy. There's volatility, volatility everywhere. Just 7% swings up and down on a daily basis. You guys remember, it just was a year ago. And the app crashes. And so in a way, if it's a down day, maybe 7%, you know, maybe it's good. You know, you didn't have access to trading or, or to selling your stocks. You could view it that way, right? But do you really not want to have access to your money? Do you really want to log in at uh, any time and uh, view your investments and not be able to access it, see what's going on? And again, it is a bad idea in that sort of situation to sell or even do anything. Really, what you should be doing is nothing at all or buying more. Uh, Well, there you go. I just made the case, actually. In that situation, You want to go in, you want to buy more, you can't because the app crashed. So again, they got a lot of heat for that and uh, I gave them a pass again because you know what I said, it was difficult times, etc. But this one here is a third strike and and I'm actually done with Robinhood. So I I haven't invested with them or traded with them in any way for years. Uh, I did start with them and trying to pick up some individual stocks and then I learned that that's not for me. However, I was always I always had the app on my phone to keep track of different 
stocks and different movements in the market. Uh, but no longer. I'm, not, I'm deleting the app and uh, completely done with Robinhood. I'll be moving on. And uh, it's just unfortunate because I do like the way they came out initially. But there's just been too many issues with them. And they recently got 100,000 negative reviews from people from Reddit and, and everywhere else. And they deserve it. They completely deserve it. I hope they learn or just completely fold under this because this is ridiculous. So anyways, that's my rant on Robinhood and why I'm boycotting Robinhood. Again, you guys are free to make your own decision on this. Um, however, I just laid out the three strikes for me. And if that means, you know, if, if you guys agree with that, then maybe it's time for you guys to move on as well. So again, the irony of it all for me is that the Robinhood app is literally mission statement and uh, is for the, the retail investor to help democratize the market. And Robinhood is helping, the story is about helping transfer money from the rich to the poor. And in this moment where it's actually happening, they shut it down. So anyways, what should you do? What am I doing? What should the fire community do, right? So nothing at all. Just keep buying low-cost index funds. Watch from the sidelines. I've been getting popcorn, sitting by the TV, and just watching the madness. And I love it. I do love it. That's one of my obsessions is watching CNBC, especially on days that there's crazy volatility. Um, but I do not participate. I just buy VTSAX. I bought some today, again, January 29th, because the market was down about 2%. So I'm okay with that. And I'll continue to do that. And I'll stay out of this. And I wrote an interesting article actually about investing versus speculating that I'll also link in the show notes below. I think you guys should check it out. I wrote it before this craziness when Bitcoin was going up to 40,000. And I thought it was important for us to review what's the difference between investing and speculating. So this scenario is clearly speculating. Bitcoin there was some gray area, and that's what the article mainly refers to. So again, if you're interested in any cryptocurrency, go check out that article. I think it's it's a really good read, and it'll hopefully help you uh, with your decision-making in terms of investing in the right things. And again, this is not investment advice. It's just my opinion that hopefully can help you make a decision. Um, so again, if you want to build long-term wealth, and uh, build that wealth on sound investing, not speculating. The FIRE community and what I'm doing should continue to buy low-cost index funds and just stay the course. Like John Bogle says, the late John Bogle, stay the course. There's nothing you can do at this time. If you want to gamble, gamble, and I hope you win money. But I wouldn't recommend it, and it is gambling. So uh, I wish you luck. And again, if you make money, I'm happy for you. For those who've won money already, I am happy for you. But I don't want those, anybody in my audience, anybody, I really don't want any retail investor or anybody who doesn't know what's going on to be caught holding the bag, buy-in, GameStop at 300, maybe they buy 100 shares or something crazy like that, thinking it's going to go to the moon. And then in two days, it's down to $12 or something ridiculous. They've just lost it all, and that's that's not what I want to see. I mean, uh, I don't mind hedge funds who have greedy corporate CEOs 
you know, making fat paychecks. I don't care if they lose money, but uh, I don't want to see the normal average investor lose money. So anyways, that's the show, and I hope you enjoy it. I, I really do. I want to recommend some books to read, like The Simple Path to Wealth right now would be a great book to pick up. Uh, I'll link that in the show notes below. Boglehead's Guide to Investing, also a great book. And if you want a little bit of help, maybe read these books, but also someone on your in, in your corner on your side to help you out. I recommend the financial gym. I really do. I'm going to put their link in the show notes below. We've partnered together because I think they're such an amazing company. They're based in New York and you can set up a free consult with them. I really do think that's investing for the long term and building real wealth, building your net worth. So on average, clients that use them build their net worth by $4,000 after six months. And that's a true investment in yourself. And by using, by being an audience member, by listening to me and supporting me, and I really appreciate I was able to negotiate 50, 15% off if you use 15FirePod, that's 1-5-FirePod when you, when you speak to them, or if you let them know that you heard from them from the Inspired Fire podcast. So again, thank you so much. I really do appreciate all the love and support that I'm getting, uh, the emails that I've been receiving, and I thought that this would be a great topic to just dive into and just remind you of what I'm ta- what I'm thinking about, um, but what I also think the FIRE community should be thinking about. So again, if you like this episode, send me an email. Let me know that you want more like these. And uh, go ahead and subscribe and share it with anybody that you know. Leave a review as well. I really appreciate it. So again, till next time, have a good one. Thank you.